turn this on here and we'll get started. All right, well, let's open our time in prayer. Father, I uh, come to you this morning um, um, asking that your Father, each of us um, in this room are going through different um, experiences and challenges, Father, and uh, Father, I I thank you for those in my life, uh, Father, as I hear this morning, Father, I, I uh, know that um, what we're going to talk about um, really has arisen from just your gather and look into your word, um, yet uh, which you've given us your truth and your word to be able to shepherd and counsel our own hearts and our own souls, uh, Father, also to come alongside other people. Uh, Father, I pray that as we have this opportunities lives to be able to um, walk encourage others um, their walk with you father i pray that um, wisdom that only father as we uh, father we know that um, past challenges the year uh, hard time and hold us um, on your way strength that uh, is a challenge father i pray that you would be fully into you closeness and fellowship and, and father we ask these things good morning <laughs> well uh if there should be a handout out there, Dave, if you didn't get it, um, the, there's uh, so in our in our study, everybody pretty much here has been involved in the study. So I'm not going to um, spend a lot of time uh, leading up to where we've been, but I wanted to direct your attention to the quote on the board um, that I wrote out, and I think it's just important for us to um, remember that. Um, what uh, Clement of Alexandria said, said way back then, and, and he said, be, be kind to all, for everyone that you meet is fighting a great battle of some kind. And I, I, I just, you know, sometimes we, we are not as attentive as we need to be. Um, even our spouses, even our children, but if the truth be told, almost everyone is like, in the midst of something that is challenging and hard. Um, I would suggest as we get older, it gets worse. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's more of those challenges, right? <laughs> Different. <laughs> um, but I just want to call your attention to that quote because I think as we start season, sometimes it's been very hard for people who have been gone through difficult times, you know, of the, of the year, this year also. So just want to encourage you about that. Um, so we've been looking at intimacy with God, and we've looked at this model that really talks about how, um, you know, um, things happen in our lives, be they circumstances, situations, or relationships that cause us to um, make decisions in our lives that that take us down, if you will, in this model. And um, that model, when we talk about taking us down, is, is talking about death. Because um, death, at the end of the day, is, is a separation from God. So, you know, how do we pull, pull out of this, you know? You think about the fighter jet, right? How do you, how do you pull out of this and understand where you're at? And then how do you, um, out of this process, not just secure, but preserve um, this ongoing walk with How do we do that ourselves? And then how do we bridging one another? We talked about that there's really three phases to this process. And we've been focused primarily in this first phase, which is a diagnostic phase. You had to share with somebody what the diagnostic phase meant to do. But how would you describe it for somebody? So the, what's the purpose of the objective made, made up? And so it's not just to look at the symptoms, which are very apparent, usually life. I mean, they're experiencing their responses certain ways, right? That's not a problem. 
Remember, like 99% of all the challenges that we interact with in these relationships situations end up being spiritual problems. And so whenever I say that to somebody, like, midst of that, that captures their attention. It's like, whoa, something else is going on here. So how do we help people work through that in our own mind, what's really going on. And, and we use the word of God to do this. Thy word is truth, so that it may go well. The purpose of this, coming out of this downward spiral, really, from objective is learn how to um, store that and what's the way forward. So uh, that's the diagnostic phase, really try to determine what what is the root cause, as um, what, what's the real reason behind Sometimes it's helpful to just be able to talk about that with somebody else and like ask me tough questions, like help me think through. Sometimes we don't we don't encourage that as much as we could. And, and so, in order to allow that to happen in this diagnostic phase, um, what what's needed? What's needed? What's the most important starting this process? Yeah, I don't want to share too much with somebody who who I don't really believe loves me. Right? Wants to hear help uh, or. Or maybe even like, give me counsel. Give me wisdom. sometimes that that process, that thinking is holds us, in, in, so to speak. You know, it's like we don't trust people. Great news is like you guys. I mean, anybody who has the word of God, that role, wear that with them. So help help me think through that. Most important thing as you enter into this process of this phase of the process is um, just establishing that I really want to please God. That's the most important thing is that I want to please God. Yeah. Surface. surface. Correct. I met with somebody new yesterday and um, for breakfast and like this was the fundamental issue. Like we've been talking about this for a long, long, long time, years now, but God has brought this person brokenness now, owning that. They have like all my best intention try to fix this issue has ended up in nothing <laughs> it's nothing i have concluded that my best efforts to this end have failed miserably <laughs> and i am on the table i'm on the ground i'm god can work <laughs> right now god can work and that that is that's a most beautiful place process is what I want. I want to be. I don't know. I don't have the answers. Everything I've done, marriage is in shambles. Like how? Now I have to go back to the word of God and say like, we have to dismantle a whole bunch of bricks here that are what, what we said, the lies I've come to believe, right? About, because I've thought certain things and I have to change how I think because how I've, because if I believe that my behavior has arisen from the way I think and the decisions I make, then fronted with a, a big problem. The big problem is that my heart is not where it needs to be. Out of my heart comes my thoughts, and out of my thoughts comes my decisions, out of my decisions comes my behavior. So all my responses to this point not worked. So something's wrong fundamentally in how, in my heart. So the confrontation, I'll call it, Great confrontation happens in diagnostic phase. Great confrontation is, I've sinned. I have decided what I will more than self, more than I want to please. That's, that's the fundamental construct that lie and has gotten that point. Gets me to that same point if I'm in the same situation. Does that make sense to everybody? Like, like it, like I just try to distill it down to the very, very basics, and the very, very basics are that 
I have chosen to exalt myself, please myself, want the best for myself, my choice to... Once I've made that decision, now the Word of God's going to help me understand how do I do that. That's where this person's at right now. It's like, there, there's, there's an, I need answers in order to help me operationalize the desires of my heart now to please God. Does that make sense? So, obviously, if I'm going to change, I'm going to change because all the decisions of my heart have yielded this fruit. And this fruit is that my marriage is in shambles. <laughs> that I, it's not working. We have conflict all the time. Every time we get together. So my point was like, well, it would be a beautiful thing if we could conclude that your that both of you want to change but god doesn't always work in every situation to bring both parties to a place that they're both broken at the same time and ready to change does that make sense very rarely does that so my point to him was like all God needs is one all God needs is one person and the great news is that God has prepared your heart to have, to be done with it now if i was walking along even if i was just like just interacting with that person here or wherever i may not have even no i mean i knew about it just because of the closeness but i would not necessarily know about the great battle <laughs> that's going on in his heart Right? And if I didn't know or even care or be concerned or have my spiritual antenna up, I wouldn't have guessed that out. Things assume to be very nice. <laughs> yeah. All God needs is one God needs two people. Person that's challenged. Mm -hmm. But because they have exhausted all of their own resources, someone to come alongside of them. Okay. That open heart and not prejudge them. Yeah. Guide them. Yeah. from a different perspective, things that they may not have considered. No, I, I, I agree with that comment. Um, my point was that the, the two parties, you know, God can, God can make happen. I can, I can vouch for the fact that, that one person being faithful to God can change. That's amazing. It doesn't always happen. But that person is, is ready, stands ready, willing, and able to please God in the situation. But, um, so, yeah, uh, fundamentally... Diagnostic phase is about deciding in my heart and my soul I'm going to please. I've done all these things up till now. <laughs> Nothing works. So, and then concluding, like you said, what's the real problem? It's the root cause. And, uh, and then owning that, right? We're going to talk more about that today. Um, prescription phase is about what then? What, what would be the prescription phase? To give a high-level overview to it. Okay, Discerning a way out of this. This, this V, right? Out of the problem, out of the situation, right? Not just not a, just right? So it's not a behavioral modification way out of it, right? It's not just I'm going to pull up my bootstraps and the best I can, okay, and by doing X, Y, and Z. Conclusion for this to work from, from a sustaining perspective is concluding that I've sinned, including that, um, um, that the solution is God's truth, God's God's answers to that. The problem is my heart. If it's marriage, like I am my greatest 
problem in my marriage, including that personally. Like, regardless of what my wife has done, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. whole point is concluding that I am my marriage. Or I have, I'm the one that has asserted myself somehow, some way, be it the way I responded in a relationship with somebody, or, or maybe I actually, like, sinned against them. I didn't even know. But it's concluding, where's my contribution to that problem, and then only dealing with it. Why do I say it that way? Why do I say it that way from the standpoint of like, like it being a shared? What, why is that so critical? That's what we've been learning about love, right? That's what we've been learning about love is like love when it's truly enacted in a godly way is unconditional. Like I don't care what happens on your side of the equation. I take full ownership. What they choose to do with it is up to them. Sometimes like I've concluded, the, uh, seen these things concluded the other person actually has died. There's no way for that other party to somehow, like, give them forgiveness or whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? So you don't always know that that, that other party is going to change necessarily. So the prescription phase is about um, uh, co confirming the root cause and owning it, and then looking for the solution that exists in the Word of God to be able to think rightly about the problem and make godly decisions. That's really doing it for a couple of times, maybe see it successful. Um, so it's in the prescription phase that intimacy God can be realized back again. And what about the stabilization phase? What's that all about? Yeah, you're able to repeat it. It's a repeatable, um, sometimes I'll say, you actually now see it spread from this one situation into other situations. So it's actually, you're actually not only this setting, but you're also seeing success in other settings too. Um, the process of, of right. what we just right. is correct. Uh, right. It's a continuum. Whoever said, "Hey, you know, this good, but it needs to be like yeah. this or something yeah. like that." Um, I, I would say blessedness, bottom, finally yep. thinking and yep. desires. Yeah. It's Amen. A greater life and. No, it it, it it is it is, and and that's and we're going to see this also this value of community, and I, I even think of like some of the things it is a encouraging like you know thing for for us. Sometimes we just believe like you know our world's all about us, and it's not. It's like there's both on the negative side and on the positive side. There's this community of things going on, a halo effect around the person. We're going to see that hope exists. It, it can feel like you're by yourself. Well, you're certain how you're using your gift. Being used at all, or they are incredibly darkened. God is using in your life. Now, it's not, it is not just being a student. <laughs> the water is just yeah. overflowing. Lives are being changed. And, 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 yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think there are I, times when you are needed. Absolutely. Is that upward? Oh, that other word, hold on these things. This, these are, there is only one. And, and, and all the more reason for all the. Disciplines that we're talking about, like to be encourage that process, able that process, or help it in the wrong way, winding us, or all those things. So, and and the uh, uh, part of it is the silent counselor. Silent counselor is the whole. He is the one that convicts uh, me of sin. He is the one that urges my heart. He's the one that album. He's all of that. So he's the silent counselor. That's it. By I'm working with. I don't have anything to other than the Word of God. Godlier, the closer that has godly response to. And well, we have a lot to cover. So, um, <laughs> great introduction. Um, any, any, introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I came in any, uh, I didn't miss anything. any, <laughs> uh, 
just anything in, in uh, closing of the, that part out? Just any comments about maybe even like what you've seen happening in your own heart or life this week? Or I had some good feedback from some people during the week this week. Go ahead. Well, we had another uh, lady. But to make the long story short, about two years old is you know, uh, Marty's brother, her, her dad, going away from change. Not complete yet, but... You know, We're all in process. Right, right, so. What a great... What a great um, Okay, well, I handed out this uh, handout from last week. Um, uh, it was a great session we had. Um, I didn't give you the picture from the board, but I took the board and put it on here. And so we, we said from, first, from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse um, 5, is uh, we're destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God and we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and that our our uh, weapons are, are not of the flesh but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses or prisons and said what is this fortress or prison it's really a stronghold um, <laughs> and uh, a stronghold is a a mental construct or pretension or argument that I believe that contradicts the person, power, this should say promises, uh, or work of God or Christ. And so we came up with these um, eight different categories. Lies I tell myself, lies the world tells me, lies that distort the gospel, lies I believe about my marriage, lies that stem from the questions I ask, lies that distort who God or Christ is, what he's done, what they've done, or what they've promised. And so... As you look through these, um, what you'll see is just some of the things that we put on the board. I've taken and added to a bunch of them already, um, but I think that this gives you a real good foundation, you know, to be able to use just in your own life and your own thoughts as far as you know, you know some of the things maybe you've come to believe or are believing or in the process of believing. You know, it's not. It's one thing to say I, you know, um, and, and we're going to look at that probably today. Is First John one nine is you know. Um, that um, you know, we shouldn't say we don't have sin because all of us have sinned. So this process of acknowledging that these are some, like these are some of the things I believe in, causing me to make decisions that don't make sense um, from biblical. So hopefully this is helpful. On the very back, you see some of the fleshly weapons we talked about at the very end of our time last week about that we that we do use to fight these lies. These things can be multidimensional and, and have lots of, um, kind of uh, roots to them. Um, but, uh, um, correct, exactly. I meant to, you know, it's really, well, they, they are the weapons that, that we're using to fight these lies. In other words, like um, in, our, in our humanness, uh, the, these things that we use to fight those. So, in other words, I, there's a reason why. You know, I blow up, and that's my weapon I'm using, natural weapon that I, I choose to use because art is a lie to begin with. That's what I've come to believe. I'm just, it's just, just the way God's made me. I'm deal with that lie. <laughs> you know, what about, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, yeah, okay. Sense? Yep. So hopefully that will be helpful there. Um, a couple things just in closing on the lies that I believe um, that I wanted to mention is that our battles are not primarily against people or situations and circumstances in our world. Um, yeah, we might have experienced a raw deal or a really actually a bad situation or I might literally be having going through intense suffering. All of those may be true, okay? Um, and 
but our battles go much deeper than what has been done to us or what we're going through. We are in a spiritual battle, and that spiritual battle um, is with the with my heart and the evil forces that exist in the spiritual realm. And those those evil forces, demonic beings, use my use the nature of my heart and what they've seen me decisions on in the past where I lose or win call my heart to things that um, naturally dispose naturally indisposed to and so something's not inserted into that process of making the decisions in the same context then I'm naturally going to the heart will naturally go towards the responses that I I have, have grown up doing and being. So, me to change that, I have to recognize in the moment what's happening and be able to change how I think about it. So, that's what's happening. Um, the way we are tempted is when our desires, our natural desires, are influenced by Satan and the temptation is real because he can give us what we want. <laughs> what we want is what we want. Okay, and he's going to give us that to us. But the problem is that what we want will never be sustaining or fulfilling or bring contentment or, or any of those things that has no spiritual value. It's about me. So um, when our desires cooperate with the evil, rest assured that a stronghold in our hearts are going, is going to be set up. And, and it's almost always in our mind, um, our heart, our mind, how we think about things. Um, because then our, our, our actions are going to follow suit. Gospel-informed mind easily take renegade thoughts captive to obey Christ. Gospel-informed mind can easily take renegade thoughts captive to obey Christ, and that's what this is. That's what we're talking about here. Take take every thought captive. Yeah. Battle for the mind. Or <laughs> uh, that was four years ago. <laughs> um, it's gospel. Oh, primer. Gospel primer. Yes. yes. Gospel primer. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, what's the word gospel? What's the first thing? You yeah. I'll send out the um, link. Um, Vincent, that's the brother. Um, Church went down, brother. Well, good. Um, so let's go back to um, our um, study here um, with the verses, right? And we are in the first diagnostic phase, and we've finished most of the verses down through um, 1 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. That's why we took a little sabbatical around that. Um, and so the next one here is James 4. Uh, well, first of all, for 1 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, um, so, so everything down through that verse, we've kind of put a little kind of a observation, conclusion about that verse as it pertains to how it would be a beneficial to understand in the, um, in the uh, process here. So now, last time we got together, we also uh, looked at James 4, 1 through 3. Um, if you want to turn there, um, either in your notes or in the scriptures or... or uh, uh, process here. So James 4, 1 through 3, we looked at already. Um, I'm not going to spend much time there. We, look, we, we made some comments around that also last time. Uh, somebody want to read that for us real quick? What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it this, that you are at war within you? Desire and do not covet and fight and quarrel. You do ask and do not bend it on your... Okay. So, again, uh, last time we looked at this, we said fundament the fundamental problem in relationships is that um, 
is that I don't love the other person the way Christ loved me. The reason for that is because I want what I want. Like, um, the relationship, I, I want to I want to achieve... A lot of times, you're a manipulative person. You, you learn really skillfully like how to navigate that relationship in order to get what you want. Um, sometimes with our spouses or whatever. But... Um, what we're learning in, in, the, in the morning, right, is like how to love unconditionally, and how how to um, put the other person first. Um, here it says the source of our quarrels and the conflicts amongst us. My heart, my heart is the problem, because I I'm, I'm wanting my own way or what I want out of that. So this is a this is a real valuable um, or passage to be able to use. Um, to get people to conclude um, my motives are wrong. Well, if my motives are wrong, what does it say about my heart? Because my motives are from my heart. Yeah, it's in us. Yeah, that's it. That's the whole point. <laughs> problem isn't outside us. The problem, the, the core problem is, is yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. No, I want. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden they just. <laughs> but it is whatever it was. Yeah. It's so amazing. Because yeah. it doesn't matter. It's still now it's in our. Yep. But it's and it is. And and what? Like I said before, the the illustration that I use for this issue right here is um, is that you know water, water one I told tell you about right. Shake up the water right with the top off and. You know, all over the place. You know, Paul Tripp does that. And I, your essential question was, you know, why did the water come out? Because I shook it. No, water came out because water was in it. <laughs> Shaking brought the water out, right? And so concluding that and helping people think through that. Ah, get it now. Okay. Um, okay, so James 5.16. Let's turn there. 5.16. Key passage on prayer. Key passage on... Sin, um, we want to read 5.16 for us? One to righteous man, okay. Don't have the time to go through this entire passage and how it all hangs together and why this verse is so critical to both the passage along with um, uh, verses 19 and 20. Um, but uh, the, the, the language here is, therefore openly confess your sins to one another. Is this... Is this speaking of the fact that, you know, we're in community together, therefore I'm laying out my sins to you, or that you're aware of those things so that transparency and visibility is... Is that how you would read this, or what? Is there any other approach? Because I think it's important for us to understand what he's trying to say. So having this, I'll call it openness, about common struggle, common challenges, common sins, things that I deal with, or... yeah. Yep. 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 For sure. What's what's the uh, what is that um, connection? Bridge finishes this by saying the effective prayer of a righteous man can much, and then he goes on to give an example. Elijah, right, holding back weather and then having rain occur based on where three three years and six month periods of nature like ours. Prayer is going to overcome happening. <laughs> right. This person, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to build on that because the the point here is like um, this uh, 
verse 20, you know, save a soul from death, um, strays from the truth, one turn back. This restoration is, is kind of intervention process of coming alongside somebody, you know, about sin in their lives from the standpoint of what's happening. And, that, and, and they have two, one of two choices. Either they choose to push away against that and therefore restoration process isn't going to occur ends, or they literally are accepting, open, right, open about receiving that feedback. So in this setting, like, I've sinned against you, Dave, and I'm, I, I need to confess to you, not to everybody else. I didn't sin against them. <laughs> I need to confess to you. It might be in the presence of others, but I need to confess to you that I sinned against you, and I want to be open and transparent about that, ask you for forgiveness about my sin today with Dave and me not not accepting it, not pushing back about it, and blaming other people, whatever the case may be. I didn't take that seriously, and therefore, you know, I didn't I didn't confess my sins to one another. The one another's here are the people I've actually sinned against. Not in, not I mean, doesn't mean it can't be in the context of of, of others, but that how is that going to help the situation? The situation is that I I've I've sinned against somebody. I want to. Make sure that that's done. That's that's resolved. Does that make sense? Um, because otherwise, I, I don't have this this attitude that you brought up just a second ago of brokenness. I I'm not broken over my sin. Therefore, intimacy with God is continuing to be elusive in my heart, and therefore, it's going to affect community. It's going to affect everything. Um, and so, as I we're going to look at this through the discipline process with the Lord, he he. He's going to continue to push on this issue until it gets resolved. And if I don't address it and, and take ownership for it and ask for forgiveness for it, then then it's just going to continue to be a festering wound. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah? So when that happens, scriptures are very clear. Like, like if that becomes a big enough issue, like God is not going to put up with that. He's not going to let it just be poke it from every angle um, till we are broken, till we are ready for him to change in our life. That makes sense. So, any thoughts or comments around that? So, confess your sins to individuals who you've sinned against and pray for one another so that you may be, the relationship may be healed and therefore you would experience intimacy with God as a, quote, a righteous man. Um, and as a result of Having that resolved and cleaned up and and behind us from the standpoint of our fellowship, my my horizontal fellowship is 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 an indicative of my vertical fellowship, and and those have to work together. Otherwise, I'm can't experience vertical fellowship if my horizontal fellowship isn't resolved. Does that make sense? Any other thoughts on this passage? And, and, and according to the scriptures, at least, you know, if if we're going to push against that whole urging of the Spirit of God in our hearts. He's like, you're not going to be heard from a prayer perspective. Like, I'm not, I'm choosing not to listen to you solve those issues. And we see that throughout lots of other scriptures. That makes sense? Yeah. Well, I, I uh, share your perspective. I have one of the things I've struggled with, too. I can just process. Um, practice in a believer's better. Yeah. Perfect. It makes perfect. Yeah, we only I think that's the whole value of community group, value of, in, of transparency, value of visibility, value of loving one another in that, in that setting, 
um, so critical. Well, Second um, Peter three eighteen says. Um, uh, let's look at that real quick. It's the end of Peter. It's the verse that I think Dave quoted last time we got together. Um, might as well do um, seventeen and eighteen. <laughs> so, what's the warning here? What's the warning? Okay. Yep. And so the that you would not fall from your own steadfastness, right? So your own steadfastness is your journey of intimacy with God, right? So he's saying, be on your guard. Um, how does he say to c- combat that, or what's the antidote to making, continuing in steadfastness, according to Yeah, grow or mature and um, develop, if you would, um, your gr- in the grace and knowledge of Christ. So grace um, being this experiential... What you've experienced from 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 the Lord and its knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is, I think it's just a code word for intimacy. It's like, it's knowledge of in this setting is experiential knowledge of Christ that weds you to Him in a way from the heart, and so um, He's saying, as I grow in my tasting of grace that God has in my life, and as I mature and develop, knowing who he is, what he's done, and awe of that, um, knowledge comes from, he's like being in awe of God, those two antidotes will keep me steadfast, um, movable. Um, So, um, it's interesting because it ends up in this worshipful benediction for the whole book, you know, is to him be the glory both now and and to the day of eternity. Uh, yeah. Is, what like. To strengthen words, the brethren. Yeah, amen. Um, it's like, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great uh, synopsis of, of what First and Second Peter became, you know, as a result of the transformation that happened in Peter's life. You know, to be able to acknowledge that, um, he sinned, and God can redeem my sin. Even, even turning my back on Him in front of people when it mattered the most, God transformed that and changed Him forever. I think because of that. And this is the fruit. The let me remind you of these things, right? In in the in Second Peter, you know, that, um, my days here are not going to be forever. So when I'm gone. I want you to remember a few things. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> right? So, yeah. It's a good way to say it. <laughs> he was, Volatile he is, is a great way to say it. sometimes. Yep. And it happened because of what Mick said earlier, which is he came to a place of brokenness that will that forever in the future of his life was going to transform his thoughts. Forever. Like, members. Yeah, you see it throughout the whole thing. is like, using the context, but you put it in the context that Dave's bringing up, is like, oh my goodness, it has so much more meaning, you know. Yes, for James. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I was going to do this at the end of um, study on how to cultivate a high view of God, which we never got to. Um, but, in in closing, in closing, I would like to, because one of the last um, thing on high view of God is listening to music and uh, meditating on words that exalt God. And so I, I just wanted to close with 
a song if I could, um, and have you just listen to the words as as it plays, um, and uh, do that with your eyes closed if you could. Um, this is what I want my soul have in that steadfastness, personally. Yeah. just was thinking, you know, through that song, you know, with the waves and wind, you know, and Dave's point about Peter, you know, and just, you know, how that could be, you know, Peter's anthem, you know, of life, right, about, well, with my soul as a result of that. So um, and he talks about keep it, keep your eyes fixed on him all. So I that was encouraging. Uh, Sam, can you close us in prayer? Father, we have such great God of this unit that you pray that not just be a matter of knowledge. Steadfast gaze Christ mm-hmm. all that you ask. Amen. Good, everybody. Mark, we